All right, we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by the returning Jeremy Selling friend. It's very nice to have you back. It's nice to be back. It's, it's a lot quieter than when I'm usually on. Yeah, it's usually many people, and uh, I think some alcohol, and uh, maybe a little. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little too much. Yeah, yeah. First time on uh, on the video show too. Yes, and and yeah, first time solo. I've always I've always had a. Uh, a group of some of the other East Coast effects artists on with me, big yeah. or small. So uh, first, before we get just about you, how about, um, so do you guys just all become friends working together on uh, stuff in the East Coast? Because I think there would also be like some uh, competition involved. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a good amount of healthy competition. Some of us are always vying for the same jobs and sometimes some of us get them. Sometimes the other one get them. For the most part, we try and root each other on while, you know, shit talking each other behind our backs. But um, no, but for the most part, we all get along. It's it's too tight knit a community for uh, any real animosity. We all need each other. I mean, all the guys that I'm in competition for, and and women for that matter. Um, I also then need to hire if I get that job. So, you know, it all it all stays relatively friendly. Yeah. So I was happy to see that you were involved in Smile um, for lots of reasons. I thought it was one of the best movies of the year. Uh, one of my favorite horror movies. Um, was, it was cool. There's actually uh, several people I've had on the show over the years that uh, were involved. That's awesome. I was really not that I was expecting not to enjoy it, but I was really pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Um, you know, we made it. We made it. It was a much. It felt like a much smaller film when we made it. It was originally going direct to uh, Paramount Plus, and then somewhere along the way, it caught fire, and the director Parker turned it into magic, and it you know became massive. And it's, I'm I'm so glad for it. It's so well deserved. Was that from just like the buzz online? Like when did you like start to see all oh, this something here? The first time I, I got wind was when they put the trailer in front of talk. That was like that's when I realized, oh, this is this has become something much more than I was expecting. That's fantastic. Because from Go it was a great script. I, I jumped through hoops for months to become part of that crew. Um I, I worked my ass off to 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 uh, secure my position on it. It was uh, called Something's Wrong with Rose originally, which was I think the original short film it was based on was um, oh, actually Laura Hasn't that. Slept. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it went through a couple of title variations and ultimately landed on the commercially friendly smile. Yeah. No, it works. And um, I thought it was a great combination of a lot of things because it's got like jump scares, which I'm, I know some people hate jump scares for some mm. reason. Uh, I, I think they're good. They're cool if they're, if, I, yeah. you know, they're part of a movie. And Even the um, emphasis used them. Yeah, so you had that, and then re it gets very strange at the end. And also thought it had like really uh, interesting themes in the movie. There was it was a lot deeper movie than I thought it was going to be. Agreed. Yeah, the you know really solid thread of mental illness and mental decline, and Sosie Bacon just pulled it off miraculously. That's not me, you know, kissing the ass of the actor in the movie. Like she was amazing in it. Like it's clear of her acting pedigree and her you know her her famous lineage there. So you said about, uh, you you know, you read the script. So um, I was actually wondering about that uh, when you're like the FX artist. Do you get the scripts mm -hmm. in advance always? I guess just like anyone like trying to get involved in the movie and actor? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well in advance on that one. I, I got to read it. Um, I guess last summer I was up in Boston helping, helping out on uh, Black Panther. And I got the script and I was putting together my budgets and we were shooting all overnight. So I would do that. Then during the day, I'd be on the phone with the producer and the line producer and the UPM and trying to uh, trying to land the job. And there were there were a lot of phone calls and a lot of meetings and a lot of revisions. So, when yeah, you, you said they're working on Black Panther. What What's uh, I saw totally drop that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> no, I'm, that's pretty cool. Obviously, no, I, I, I was a day playing additional on that on the Boston unit for my uh, for my buddy Joel Harlow, who I do a lot of work with, Oscar-winning and Oscar-nominated, and uh, you know, world-renowned morphology and Joel Harlow. So, yeah. well, I was though. Though I was going to say about like uh, comic book movies because people will say, "Oh, I hate comic movies and all this stuff." But there's a lot of people who get, uh, you know, when, when you look at the credits, there's like thousands of people there that that are making a living or getting paid, you know, yeah. working on them. Th those movies are they're massive. They employ hundreds of people. And I mean, the, you know, now they're making what four movies a year and three or four TV shows a year. And just that one franchise, like the, all those things, they put a lot of people to work. And no, they're not always amazing. Black Panther, I happen to love. I think it's one of yeah, the best I think things it's one of the Marvel's best done in years. But yeah. 
But, uh, you know, they're not always great, but the production value in them is almost always top notch. Neither is every horror movie great. Uh, I think it's very, just kind of a true. genre. It's a new, it's a big genre of films and some of them are better than others. And if you don't like them, you don't have to go see them or exactly. You can go see something like smile, which, um, I was happy. It really did well too. That's because yeah, you were involved, yeah, but, uh, no, I, I was so glad to see how, how well it took off. Parker really deserves it. He's really, I mean, that was his first film. Like that is oh, really? a director that's going to have a storied career. Mm-hmm. The city you didn't know um you knew him from boston you said no 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 i, I that's just when we first started talking oh, okay. um no I, I i was recommended on the heels of goodnight mommy by one of the producers to talk to them and we just you know everyone kind of hit it off and uh they really went to bat for me a, you know smaller effects company uh what it ultimately came down to is the studio paramount said well look we need a big name monster shop for this movie or we're going all digital with it so ADI was the award was awarded the contract on the monster at the end. Spoiler alert! Sorry for anyone that hasn't seen it. And uh, I got to do all the other effects throughout the film. So you know all the visceral stuff that takes place from start to finish up until that monster moment. Yeah. And then you know I got to put together the crew for that. I was supposed to be part of uh, the team helping, but COVID came along and uh, kept me uh, kept me home during those days. Yeah. How how did that affect you? Uh, your your career, uh, COVID. I mean, it shut us all down. It shut 99% of the film and television industry down for a solid five to six months. Um, you know, I think everyone in my career can remember where we were and what we were doing on March 12th and March 13th of 2020. Like, we'll all know what job we were on and where we were heading. I had just made it through the Lincoln Tunnel on my way to, to work. And then I got the call, hey, like, already knowing that plenty was shutting down. Broadway had already shut down at that point. I was literally hoping for a couple days work on this new job because I had taken a month off. Like I had finished, I had wrapped out a job. I was enjoying some downtime and I was like, okay, it's time to get back to work. Let me jump into this. I was working on um, an Apple TV show. And then I was starting work on Alicia's story, uh, the, the Stephen King adaptation. And yeah, I was heading into my first day of what was supposed to be a five week stint. And we got that call. So that, that was tough. And then, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess mid, mid-September, I finally got the call, hey, are you available? I was like, well, of course I am. And, <laughs> you know, what a wonderful text to finally get. And that actually was back to Lisey's story, which was one of the first shows back in New York. Um, you know, we didn't even have a return to work agreement in place. It was all very, you know, hey, we're all going to test frequently. It's all kind of, we're, we're playing it by ear. Like there was no, no rhyme or reason to what we were doing. And it was absurdly safe i have a photo of me at my first day of work and i'm more covered up and protected than my wife who worked at a hospital you know i was like hey here's me in my lab like what do you look like i had a timex suit on a face shield a bandana goggles a mask gloves everything yeah i haven't seen lisey's story yet but i actually read the book uh i've been flying through audiobooks the last few years and i really like the book so it's been i've been wanting to watch the uh the series i know it's uh, i forget what um was it Apple Plus? It's or? Apple. I don't. I don't have Apple. It's one of the few streaming services I don't have, so I haven't had a chance either. Yeah, but I've been looking forward to it. So, uh, how has that affected um, your career too? The rise of streaming sites because there's so much cool I mean, content and all these different things. That's it. Just like just like the the comic book movies we were just discussing. The more networks, the more content is needed. So, I mean, there it's the only breaks I have right now are by choice. So there's always something, especially in New York. There's oh, and now now even trickling into New Jersey. Like there is just there's so many networks to fill. So there's always something shooting, and it's more often than not something interesting with an amazing script with some really impressive talent attached to it. And they 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 have the funding to to do it right. You know, it's not cheapy. It's not the old days of network TV, where you're you know where you have no budget, you got nothing like these. They're they're putting the money where their mouth is, and they're making this stuff look good and it shows uh not just a budget um how about like you know because that you can be more graphic on, on a streaming site yeah. yeah yeah that too i mean that was with with evil in particular we started as a network show so that was that's an interesting one where you can actually trace the uh the changes um our first season we were on cbs and our second season was shot for cbs we found out just before we started shooting the last episode hey new deal is made we're going to be going to paramount plus 
all of a sudden the last script was filled with f-bombs and a little more blood and they threw in some nudity and uh that's where they've chased ever since now that you know they they keep they self-moderate but no there's no there's no rating system we can do whatever we need within reason um very very rarely do we get any pushback or any kind of notes of like no too far too extreme before that did you did anything like stand out in your mind like oh this is a little too far oh i mean well the show is uh is created by uh, robert and michelle king they would always be let's shoot it and we'll put on whatever we're allowed to put on so they, <laughs> they were always great so that there's all sorts of footage of stuff we shot that i was like this is never going to see the light of day you know separate heads rolling down the floor just all sorts of graphic things one of our uh our regular demons biting the lead actress arm and ripping away this giant gnarly hunk of flesh that's bleeding everywhere we spent an hour shooting that just you know take after take of course it was never going to be the end they, they can't put that on cbs yeah but uh, yeah, how about for other uh anything uh stand out like in other shows or that you've worked on that uh like you you just never never was seen um i mean american horror story which was a first experience for me jumping into a show that well well uh precedented you know where they're in their 11th season and jumping in like that i was we shot a lot more than they put on which i don't think was because of any censorship I yeah because they're they're pretty uh, they, they yeah. get away with a lot on america just versus. about everything yeah but you know we would shoot a bunch of secrets you know we spent four hours shooting this butchering of a body always knowing it was going to get edited down to you know flashes um but like we shot you know we shot long takes of sawing and just gross pieces coming apart and all sorts of nastiness and all that you know gets shoved away in the in the name of editing and pace yeah. but you know it's still there yeah does that ever is there anything you've ever done that's frustrating that's never been seen because i when i had the kyoto brothers who did killer clowns they talked about i forget the movie but they made like a giant animatronic rat and it was <laughs> not used at all and like they're still you know pretty upset about that i mean i've had a, yeah there's you know there's been things like severed heads that you know i've you know hey make us a wide-eyed photorealistic severed head of this actor and you're gonna have nine days to do it and then you know they're like ah we're not gonna shoot that like so it happens it's frustrating you know the check clears at the end of the day and everything else made it so the sting goes away a little bit but yeah it's always it always hurts when you've made a piece of art it doesn't get it's a yeah. uh, moment moment on film mm -hmm. Um, how about how something shot? Because there's another thing that's come up with uh, my friend Joe Castro. He said, um, because he works a lot of indie films, and he said yeah. he'll make cool stuff, and sometimes the director just doesn't know how to shoot it, and that will frustrate I mean, it, him because um, it'll be too lit or not lit right. Yeah. Or... I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge my good friend Brian Spears, who is a marvel of just grabbing the ear of the DP and being like, Well, here's how we should shoot it. <laughs> um he's he's amazing at that. So whenever he's with me on a show or on set, I'm like, hey, Brian, go get this one. Cause he, he's just got such an eye for it. You know, the man's watched 10,000 movies more than I will in a lifetime. And, um, but yeah, we always have to advocate for, uh, you know, what we want to, to show and how we want to show it. And we try to get that done early in the concept meetings and things like that. So when you get to set, that's already in play, but sometimes it doesn't translate. There's, you know, there's always a lot of chefs in the kitchen and sometimes you have to go and be like, Hey, remember we were going to shoot it like this. And that's why we made it like this. To best feature the effect and more often than not you're able to work it out sometimes sometimes you have to eat it so what's the difference between working on a show like evil that you've been on for for years and i would assume you know everybody and then getting involved in american horror story that has been around for 11 seasons it's like the difference is like the being the one driving the carpool full of kids versus trying to race down the track and jump onto a speeding train <laughs> that is just not even going to hit the brakes um that was easily one of the hardest shows i've ever done i knew that going in that it would be um i'm friendly with uh, aaron Kruger, who's been with the show since season one and been with ryan murphy i think for like decades um so you know she she talked me through she's like this is hard there's going to be incredibly tight turnarounds and insane demands and somehow you're going to get it all done and she was right and me and uh, my my co-department head milagro Sardiera, like we we worked like we've never worked before. We had an amazing team. It all came together. But yeah, you're dealing with producers that have been there since day one and writers that have been there since day one. And a lot of the actors have been there before. So you're, you're kind of playing catch up on top of doing all the necessary work. So yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, 
if they came back to New York and I was offered the spot again, it would be a very different show. I would, you know, I'd love to do it with the advantage of knowledge. So uh, that season, uh, American Horror Story in uh, New York City has a lot of uh, S&M vibe going on and stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah, there are some subtle BDSM themes in there. Yeah, so uh, what do you do for research for that? Or maybe you're well-versed <laughs> in it anyway. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, I mean, it didn't really fall into the makeup effects world a lot, but it's all there in the script from Go. You know, we had the initial concept meeting um, where Ryan Murphy kind of says, hey, here's the theme of the season. Everyone, you know, picks in their picks, picks around and sees what they're going to be working with. 1981, you know, gay club and, and S&M club scene. It's pretty, you know, there's a lot of, of archival uh, 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 footage and history. Right. And no, I know. So it, it was all there. You know, mm -hmm. it, some of the uh, the raves, not raves back then, I guess, but the, the, the happenings and the parties, like there was great stuff to pull from. And just, uh, yeah, really, really vivid photos. So, you know, just research, lots and lots of research and, you know, trusting in the script. Not all of it was accurate. I, um, <laughs> I was given notes from someone that, you know, okay, well, if this guy is supposed to be the scariest dude, he wouldn't be wearing that ball gag. That kind of makes him a sub versus a dom. Uh, <laughs> so I passed that note along to the wardrobe and they said, okay, yes, thank you. We recognize that. But they like the way it looks. So <laughs> not sometimes there are some inaccuracies, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I'd be interested if anyone ever heard back from anyone like in that lifestyle, if they were like, Hey, this is uh, not, uh, this should be different or we really like, like this character. <laughs> I mean, seems that the show had, you know, as every season of the show yeah, does, yeah. there, there were, there were fans and critics all over the internet, you know, but it seemed like the, the overriding theme really did catch people, um, off guard and then emotionally, which was, you know, I don't watch every season, but the ones I watch, they're not necessarily known for their emotional resonance. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to promote this guy, but I did notice that uh, uh, Ye has been wearing the uh, Big Daddy mask in his, uh, <laughs> in his interviews. I don't know if he's aware of that, but. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I, yeah, I try to avoid it <laughs> if I can. Yeah. So a uh, smile when you said um so different uh people work on the big monster at the end but yeah, do you guys yeah, like yeah. get together so so their things are like uh, similar so, you know so they yeah. they're kind of like in the same universe Yeah and we we discussed was um I was in touch with the ADI folks you know cuz it was a monster that started as one of the characters I was doing as Ma Carter who it, that's one where we could talk about you know she was shot very dark you didn't see the very elaborate character makeup that was on her every time she worked in every scene, but that, that's what happens. Um, but they based the, the paint scheme on the, the, the mid-level monster mom, um, the nightmare mom before she rips her face open. Um, so that paint job was meant to aesthetically match the paint job that I did on, on the mom. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of back and forth to keep everything cohesive. Um, Tom Woodruff worked on that, who I've had on yeah. the show. So, um, yeah. Well, did you have, uh, did you work with him uh, on your stuff or was he more at yeah. the end? No, no, I no, I mean I I helped him facilitate his stuff with the monsters. He ADI had nothing to do with the rest of it. Um for good or ill, I got to handle all that myself, but I was facilitating the monsters with him, finding the application team, um bringing everything in. I actually got the 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 performer that plays the final monster was uh, Marty Matulis, who is uh, one of the regular. I was going to bring another guy I've had on yeah, the show. Really, exactly. Cool yeah, um, I love Marty. He's 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 amazing. Um, he's grown into a good friend over the last few years at Evil. And uh, so I was like, when I was originally building that monster, I was like, hey, here's the performer I want to use. You're not going to find anyone better. So I was glad that ADI stuck with him. Um, and then the other gentleman was uh, Kevin Cappy, who I hadn't met before, but he was fantastic, and he's you know now in my roster of uh, creature performers. Yeah, I, was I actually noted him down because I, I like to uh, I do kind of a, a sub series on here uh, behind the monster because I, mm -hmm. I always find it interesting mm -hmm. to talk to the people who play monsters a lot. And I never, never talk to them. It's so. a really wild profession. They always have amazing stories. Yeah, definitely. So you keep do you like keep those people in mind like, oh, they're easy to work with, easy to put Absolutely. stuff on and uh, and they're good at their job. So you kind of like just keep it in the back of your mind. Absolutely. I mean, not not even the back. Like those are the guys you always try and them. get the ones you know can do it. Um, yeah, the the yeah. If if they're good in a suit like that and can handle that kind of rigorous day, 
coded, coded in rubber like that, then you want to stick with them because that's such a difficult job. And I think some people overlook it. They just think any guy in a, like a mask or whatever could play that. But yeah, I've no, seen no. movies where clearly the person isn't like a good physical actor and it, it mm-hmm. takes away from it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had some as every other, you know, makeup effects artist. I know you've had some people where you wish, oh, I wish I had gotten so-and-so instead of this person because, yeah, they're, they make an already difficult job more difficult and that only hurts themselves in the end and it hurts how it looks on camera. That's, that's the worst of it. I've had someone that couldn't perform and couldn't bring it to life in the way that the creation needs to be brought to. And at the end of the day, no matter how good it looks, it's an inanimate rubber or foam suit. Like you need someone to animate it and activate it to make it not look like an old hokey 1950s monster. Right. Uh, just the, when you said that though, in my, in my mind, even, even that's kind of fun. Um, I always thought like kind of, even kind of bad physical uh, effects are fun where I think like bad uh, CG to me is just bad. It's not yeah, necessarily I, I agree with that. There's, there's a nostalgic joy to a bad effect and a, and a cheesiness that can still be appreciated. Which, you know what, when you think about it, I guess you can kind of do that with CG too. It just takes time. I mean, you can watch the the the, uh, the Scorpion King now and laugh along with <laughs> right. the rock CG 20 years yeah. removed in a way that at the time you could. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because uh, I grew up with, you know, like real effects, mm-hmm. but a lot of the CG f- from like when it started to take off, if you watch it now, it does not hold up at all. No. I mean, with the sole exception of Jurassic Park and T2 that really put their put put the money into it like a lot does not hold up and i mean there there is kind of a like you know you watch those made for sci-fi channel movies and there's some joy in watching this terrible you know you know not even photoshop level spider running across the screen and you know there's some silly joy to that too yeah and i I realize that uh you know there's different audiences because i i'll see like people a lot younger than me on facebook talk about really liking that stuff and i just and then I think, oh, well, that's the stuff they grew up with. So, you know, I grew sure. up with Basket Case and, and yeah, the stuff yeah. and, and things like Freddy that. Freddie was my childhood hero <laughs> at seven and eight years old. I, I was hit by a car at eight years old and in the hospital for a stay. Oh, wow. And uh, all the get well cards from my third grade class were drawings of Freddie. Like he was as big as Mickey Mouse. He had a 1 900 number back then. Like that's, that's, he was my hero growing up. Yeah. Is that, well, uh, speaking of that, when did you like, think like, oh, this is something I would like to to pursue and actually, you know, uh, become a career. Around that age, actually. Um, it was the uh, the one-two punch in a year's time of uh, Return of the Jedi and Ghostbusters and the accompanying TV specials that were like, okay, this is for me. This is this is what I want. And how, how did you go about at that time, like, pursuing that? Did you even I know mean, it would be something you could pursue? I genuinely didn't in the capacity that I'm doing it till I was maybe 21 years old. Um, I originally went to Hofstra University and enrolled in their film program because there was a makeup class in the film program. And I was like, okay, well, that's how I have to do it. I have to join. I have to become this and go in through the back door. Um, And then Hofstra just wasn't a match for me. So while home and just working, I came across an ad for the Art Institute of Pittsburgh in the back of Pangoria, bless its heart. And, that's where I was like, okay, I can actually make a full solid career of this. Like, it's not, you know, it's it's not unheard of. There are, it's not as much of a rarity as I thought. Um, so I went to school. I found I had an affinity for it. I worked my ass off. And as soon as I was out, I, I started working and opened my shop within a year of graduating. Oh, wow. So, and, and your shop is what, Monsters? In Monster my in closet. my closet. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, it's. It's a great name, but does it have a, a personal significance? No, just what I grew up with. <laughs> what, what did your parents think when you were like, oh, this is something I, I want to do? I mean, they were they were pretty supportive. Uh, not so much of the part where I was eight and watching the horror movies and then on a nightly <laughs> basis saying, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. And they're like, right. okay, well, no more horror movies. I'm like, okay, until the next day when I'd watch another one. <laughs> um, but besides that, yeah, they were always very supportive. I mean, my very first shop was their garage. So... <laughs> They, they were exceedingly happy when I moved out of there and started renting my own, but yeah, yeah they, they, they helped to help me out tremendously. And what was it specifically about Freddy Krueger? I, I mean, it was the mix of comedy and just over the top, elaborate, amazing makeup effects. Uh, the third one is the one that first grabbed me. I 
went back and enjoyed the first two after that. But part three, Dream Warriors, is the first one I saw, and it was just so over the top in such a good way. Mm-hmm. I think the third one, um, I think most people think that's the best um, sequel, and some people that's their favorite. And watching it again myself, um, I think a big part of it is it's the first one where uh, like all the one of the first like any slashers where like all the protagonists work together and they're yeah. also all likable it's like the kills are cool but you actually feel bad when the kids get yeah, totally. killed because they're likable you actually yeah. want them to succeed like i felt bad that like they made the the junkie who had gotten clean that he killed yeah. her like there's some real solid subtext there like he didn't just kill her like he like broke her and defeated her he made her do drugs to yeah. like he, he od'd her like that's that's not just a slasher like there's some meat there yeah i think it's a good bridge between the the first one he's very like evil and nasty mm-hmm. and so he still has that in the third one and then after that they're very comedic and so yeah, it has go, it, it kind go, of the bridge between both where it's comedic um but it's still like a scary horror movie at the same time yeah he was still very sinister yeah the only thing when i watch it now the 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 main doctor guy he very comes up mm-hmm. i was like did they He's very similar to Bill Maher to me from that era. Like I was like, he's like they couldn't get Bill Maher or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's another one that has good themes too about mental illness and yeah, kind of before it's time on that. Yeah, there's a really weird dialogue in that movie where like they blame the guy, the one kid who they think kills himself, mm-hmm. and they're like he's weak, and they're just yelling at the kids. And I was like, man, this is yeah, kind of yeah. Afterwards, when they're in the circle group, yeah. But overall, it's great. Uh, not too long ago at a theater in Brookline, they showed all s- the first seven. Oh, that's uh, one awesome. through noon, all in a row. It was midnight to like noon the next day. And it was that's very a lot fun. Of fun. Yeah. It's been years since I watched any of them. My, my daughter has gotten into horror movies in the last couple of years. And I keep telling her, I was like, okay, we can finally do this one. And we watched the first one. And she was like, okay, that was really scary. I'm not sure I want to watch the other <laughs> ones. I was like, that's the right answer. But also, come on. <laughs> Well, eventually she'll get to the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a, well, the third one was your, was your uh, favorite, I guess. Then. Yeah. If I had to pick a favorite horror movie, that's, that's the way I would go. Yeah. How about your favorite monster? Would it also be Freddy? No. I mean, as much as I loved his design, it's still relatively, you know, I don't want to say simple and insult the many, many artists that have created him over the years, but it's a relatively simple design. It's just, a, you know, an, an extreme burn makeup. Um, I had to pick a favorite monster. That's probably the alien queen. Yeah, just that's hard. Seeing something of that scale and that scope and they shot it so well. Like it was just, you know, she was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty awesome one. Uh, what about for alien movies? Which one, which one is your favorite then? I still, I, the first one is still my, my hands down favorite. You know, aliens is great. It's a fun as hell action movie, but it's an action movie. You know, there's scares in it, but yeah alien is just tense as hell and super scary and just it was great yeah to me uh like exactly said aliens is is a fun movie but alien is a is a better movie i'd say yeah and it, it is more of a straight up horror movie where the second one is the action movie not that that's yeah, bad totally. you can have fun no, action I, movies i mean thinking about it, cameron's never really done a horror movie. like that's as close as he's come to anything with real scares yeah piranha 2 yeah okay yep correct it <laughs> Well, I always remember that as director, in, uh, as director. Yeah, Lance Henriksen's uh, autobiography, which is great, uh, not bad for a, a human. And he talks about that was like his first movie, and like he said, everyone else in the movie knew it was like this crappy movie, and they didn't really mm-hmm. try. And he he's no like, idea. yeah, he knew that, but he gave it us all, and so did that's the director, funny. who was James Cameron. And James Cameron always remembered that, and that's why he had him in like his stuff for years after that, which I thought was. I mean, that's that's lesson. yeah, that's how I try and approach every project, even the ones I know are garbage, and they they still come along from time to time. But I still like I, if 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 I'm on the job, that means they've hired me. It means they're they're paying me. I'm gonna give it my all. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, like once I'm there, I'm there. Like I'm not gonna half-ass it and say, well, this one's just some shitty little indie that's gonna wind up. In, in the dumpster like you never know like you absolutely never know what movie is going to hit big mm-hmm. yeah the, our first guest on the show was sid haig and he said the exact same thing and it was i mean he's always like known but it wasn't until a lot later in his career where he he got the captain spaulding and really became like a mm-hmm. like a horror icon yeah yeah 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'll admit I, I didn't know who he was prior. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Spider Baby, but it's not it's not like uh like he was a, like you knew Sid Haig from Spider Baby. I'm sure some people. <laughs> did, but, I'm sure, but he yeah. knew that you know. But he was a good guy. So, uh, good night, mommy. Uh, how did you uh, How did you get it working on that? Um, I think that was just a luck of the draw. I got a call from one of the producers. Um, I put together a book I had already been working on, Evil, at that point, which always helped. Like, hey, I'm well versed in monster monster world. Um, and they just liked what I gave them. I was really, really, really involved with uh, the director Matt Sobel and the design of the creature, which was a nice change of pace. Because um, until that point. Um, it was rare to have a director that hands-on where like he was sending me sketches, like, you know, I sent him a design and he approved it. And then when we got into the sculpting phase, like he was able from my sculpture do this really intricate, beautiful pencil drawing, showcasing the changes he want, which A was super helpful, but B was just, you know, it was amazing that he was making all his gorgeous art based on my art, which was based on his work. Like it was, it was really cool back and forth. Do you prefer that? Uh, someone who is really hands-on in that? Uh, hands I mean, on and like if it's a positive on. experience like that, right. absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes too hands on can be extremely negative. Um, I've had that happen too, where it's like, okay, you hired me because I'm good at my job. Please let me do my job. Um, but again, it all comes down to how they're engaging with you. If it's a positive interaction, then totally. Well, uh, when you work on something like that, do you go and watch the original movie? You know, if it's a remake or something. That one I had seen, but yeah, and. It, I mean, it depends. It's nice to kind of not be influenced by that right. um, if you can avoid it. But at the same time, you, you know, you, you want to honor what's come before and you want to make sure you're not unintentionally, you know, mimicking. Yeah. Um, in this case, I think, you know, we gave a good nod, but definitely made it our own. Yeah. The original is a great movie, too. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen the remake. I hate to to. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it happens. There's there's a lot of content out there. No, but I would uh, like to see it because I really like the first one. So she's she's very good. Um, you know, the kids are great. Like it was, yeah. That was I a really that was a really nice experience, and you know, the film turned out nice. You know, it would have been nice if it went bigger. It kind of came and went away real quick. Um, you know, it's there forever, of course, but like there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of promotion. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of got dropped after a long time in post. So I, I wish it had, you know, been more, had a little more uh, notoriety, but it happens. Have you uh, thought of or done any writing or wanted to direct anything of yourself, uh, your own? Writing, no. Uh, the occasional good idea, but I can't do anything with it. I am in no way, shape, or form a skilled writer outside of the occasional witty text. Um, directing, I've, entertain the notion from time to time i don't know that i could but i'd love the idea of directing some second unit stuff you know i've gotten to direct some effect sequences on a, on a smaller scale but you know it's nice to toy with the idea i don't know that i have the uh the stamina for that kind of involvement where you have to be on top of every department and know what they're doing and trust them to do it mm-hmm. but to just kind of have that full knowledge of every department and every function going on all the time yeah. maybe you could start with a short see how, how you like it. i've had yeah i've had ideas for shorts prior and it, it does seem like fun um i'm not gonna lie like i've been closely involved with friends that have done shorts i just worked on one for for my buddy joel and like he was directing and just you know watching how engaged he was with it like it really does seem like an amazing process but that was you know that was one or two days shooting and then a bunch of uh, smaller little things here and there. The yeah. idea of a movie where you're spending five months like that, or even three, like that's that's tough. Yeah. It takes stamina, like like in a in a very different capacity than the endurance I have. When you know our job takes it too, but in a very different way. What was the short that uh, you worked on? Uh, it's uh, called Old Time Radio, and this one was Your Move. It's a little series he has. Um, great, I- cr- great creatures in it. It does because I, I I thought I thought I remember seeing your name in the credits because I saw yeah. it um in L.A. I think it was L.A. It was either uh, yeah I think I think I talked to you about it. I said if you're going to that one yeah we yeah. had an exchange words yeah. and uh, it. Scream Fest yes. yeah it's amazing uh amazing monsters in it it's very fun I didn't realize it was part of like an anthology or something yeah there's that was the third one It'd be cool to do a wraparound mm-hmm. piece. Yeah, uh, Rick Baker was involved, I think. Can you still hear me? 
Yep. Sorry, oh. I got a call oh. from the refrigerator that's being delivered tomorrow. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I think Rick Baker was involved in that short too. The refrigerator one, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. He played the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, no, he he got he got Rick. And, that was a surprise to me. I didn't know until I saw it. I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, it was. Oh, and it was like Paul Giamatti. It was like it was all like uh, pretty uh, big people involved. So Rick Rick has popped into a couple of shorts made by makeup effects people. He did. He was in uh, Dave Dave and Lou Elsie's short film as well. Oh, that's. Oh, I think that's cool though. Someone you know, yeah. Rick Baker, and then uh, it shows to me that he 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 loves the effects. Oh, he yeah. The next there, there is an. I don't think there's a man alive enjoying their retirement quite as much as he is. <laughs> Just what what a true and true artist. He has not a day goes by that he's not sharing some new thing he's created. He just never stops. Yeah. What are some of the things there behind you? Oh, um, I was trying to look behind you when you said that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, gee, that's uh, what's left from Goodnight Mommy. Oh, okay. Uh, this is one of the monsters from Evil I made. Um, oh, usually, nice. usually Joel's team makes the monsters, and I just facilitate with application on site on the Brooklyn side of things because the, the creature shop's in. Uh, in California, um, that was one from last season that I got to take the reins on because they were so slammed. Um, what else? A couple of heads from American Horror Story. I, I saw on your Facebook uh, someone. Um, I should have the name here. He um, he posted pictures from behind the scenes when you did him as the Sentinel. Oh yeah, yeah, Nick. He was amazing. That was that was his first time doing anything like that. He's one that I would absolutely use again. He, he's he's joined the ranks of uh, solid creature performers. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was uh, almost Frankenstein kind of sewn yeah. together guy, and yeah, it was pretty. Very, wild. Yeah, that was yeah. We're we're that's yeah. Not not even the first Frankenstein monster that's appeared on uh, American Horror Stories. They they seem to pop up every few seasons. So it was nice to get to get to do our own version. Yeah. What was the hardest thing to pull off for on American Horror Story? That one. Just it was a very tight turnaround. In the middle was the first time I. I caught COVID. The one I mentioned earlier was my son catching it. So I, I was on lot. So that was the first time I got it. Uh, didn't change the turnaround time because the show goes on. Um, thankfully I got it light. So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't incapacitated. I, I, I was symptom free. Um, but we still had to quarantine and everything. So we worked literally around the clock. So Brian Spears and a rotating cast of other artists, uh, uh, Phil Hara and Pete Gurner and a couple other guys here and there. They would come in from like 10 o'clock until 5 or 6 p.m. I would wave to them from the other side of the fence at 6 o'clock like, hey, guys, you know, like tag in. And like they would leave. We'd talk from across the lawn. And then I would work until I dropped, um, come back in for a couple hours in the morning from 8 until 10. Same high from the other side of the fence and be on my way, go home, catch some sleep and do it all again. And we spent about 10 days. Like that until I was, or no, I, I guess that was the first week until I was cleared to return. Um, but worked around the clock for almost 10 full days with another couple days to pull it all together. Mm -hmm. um, you said like, uh, so some of the things you work on, like they're worked on both in like LA and, uh, and on the East Coast? I mean, it depends on the show. On Evil, that is the case. Uh, Joel was hired separately from me for the pilot. Joel was hired to do the monsters. I was hired to do the day-to-day -day special effects. Um, and in this case, I hit it off with Joel. So he invited me to be part of the creature team. Um, so I, I supplement for him here. I facilitate all his on-site needs and then I'm, and then I get to help applying the monsters, applying and painting on the day and gluing it all down and making it all come to life. Yeah. So do you ever go out to but, LA to, to work on any of this stuff? Uh, he invited me onto one show earlier this year, which sadly due to a house fire, I had to turn down, uh -huh. which broke my heart. Um, you know, amazingly, he's like, "Hey, come out on the, come out, and you'll spend a few months in the shop, and then you'll come to set." And it was great, and it was, you know, it was. I, I can't mention the project, but it was, it was a big one, and I would have geeked out for a long time. Yeah. Um, but it all worked out. I mean, literally two days later was when the call came in for for horror story. So I was like, okay, well, that worked out nicely at least because I wouldn't be able to do that if I was planning to ship off to L.A. and then Atlanta. Um. But yeah, so no is the the shorter <laughs> answer. To that is no, I don't go out to California. Yeah. Although, but I've, I've been invited plenty of times. And sure. well, what's the differences between working on a series and a TV show? Because a lot of series today um, used to be like a series would be a lot 
a lot lower quality, but I don't think that's the case anymore. No, They're basically eight not. to 10, 12 hour deep movies, really. And I mean, the stuff we're pulling off on evil, I mean, Joel gets that credits completely. The, the monsters that are being made for a TV show are unprecedented. I mean, those are 100% hero film quality. Each one could be the star of a movie. That's how much precision is put into them and how much care we put in all the way through to application. Like each one could be, could be a, a featured performer in a film. Um, and we do that many times per season, episode after episode. So yeah, the, the, there is no line in quality anymore. You want everything to just be top tier. Yeah. I can't ask you to pick your favorite, but uh, would, would evil, <laughs> whichever be like, one is uh, currently paying me, would um, evil be like uh, the most personal like thing for you since you've been on it so long? I mean, I, I can say without shadow of a doubt, evil is my favorite job in my whole career. It was, I had been waiting for something like it my entire life, um, let alone my entire career, but yeah, no, it, it is hand down my favorite. And I, I've loved the vast majority of the projects I've worked on, I've been incredibly lucky to be involved in things I, for the most part, really, really like, which, you know, is rare. But I mean, maybe it's just because I, I genuinely love my job, but like, I really do love most of what I've worked on. But yeah, Evil is still, I mean, it's just, it's an endless sea of monsters. Like what is, what is, and then there's still fun gore effects. And I actually got sucked into the show and enjoy it for the show. Like that's, that's another rarity. I, don't usually watch a lot of what I worked on, but I'll, you know, I'll skim through and see how our stuff looked. This one in skimming through, I was like, all right, well, let me just watch this one. I was like, oh, wait, I really like this. And I got sucked right in as a fan. Yeah. I would assume it's hard to even watch uh, something you worked on as a show. Like you would see it more as like, oh, I did this and I yeah, know this I person. Yeah, I mean, you got to watch it maybe twice. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know from experience now, I've, I've, uh, I've been part of something. I mean, I'll, that's the credit I'll give to Smile is, you know, even even expecting the things to come, like, I got sucked into that one, like, completely, like, just watching as a viewer. Um, with, yeah, all the way in. I mean, and I'll say that because I don't necessarily have to be on set every day with most of the shows I work on, and I read the script so much, so far removed from when it airs, um, I do get to enjoy it more so than, you know, than some do where I'm not completely taken out of the entire story. Yeah, And uh, I'm, like I said, I was glad it did well. And people always talk about no, no one sees any movies besides the Marvel movies, but mm -hmm. uh, at least a lot of the lower budget, which is a relative term because yeah, it is. Some I mean, and this one will qualify. And... This, that was a, that was a, I think maybe $20 million movie. Like obviously not micro budget by any stretch of the imagination, but not a $250 million movie either. Right. Right. Yeah. But, I, you know, people went to see it, and it's done really well and became profitable, and I'm happy because I'm a horror fan, so I like yeah. to go see it. Yeah, anytime horror does well, it's good for the horror industry. Yeah. That's like, yeah, I know you're not involved, but... Like yeah, I know you're not involved with uh, Terrifier movies, but I have friends, especially at the festivals, they're very anti-Terrifier, and I always say, even if you don't personally like it, like, it's good that this uh, movie movies got theatrical released. It's good Absolutely. for all you guys at festivals that it played same festivals we did. Like uh, that gives you guys hope that you know your stuff could play festivals. That's exactly it. Like I haven't seen them, but like I, the, I'll cheer yeah. it on from start to finish. I, I'm blown away. Like what is it? Several million dollars on on a that one had a micro budget. Like, yeah, the, the first one was very small. From my understanding, the second one, I think, was 250000 which is still yeah, I mean, very small. It's a, it's a good chunk of money for an indie film, like a tiny indie film. But yeah, that's that's nothing. Like, you know, that's our craft service budget. <laughs> right. um, so to, to see it do this well is absolutely amazing. And yeah, that's, that is such a rah-rah moment for all indie horror. Yeah, the first one was going to play like three days, and then, you know, it's, I think it's still in the theaters. So. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not for everybody. It's very, it's very violent. And I, I get that. But, uh, but like you said, it's good to, to cheer it on. So uh, what are you working on currently? Uh, we just started the fourth season of evil. Oh, excellent. I, I blinked an American horror story wrapped and I was writing to this one. And before horror story was evil. So that's, that's been my last, uh, I went immediately from good night, mommy to smile to evil it's a horror story back to evil. It's been a, a really nice horror ride for a while. Yeah. And uh, it's been a long, long time since I've had this many horror projects back to back. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's nice uh, not only to work on that, but uh, you get to see everyone that that, that uh, you know from the movie or from the show. Absolutely. This one, I mean, horror story in terms of just that kind of thing. That was that'll always be one of my favorites, just because I got to spend so much time in the shop with so many like great artists and people that you know I lucky enough to call friend as well. Like you know, I, I love that camaraderie. Just hanging out in the shop and you're making stuff and you're working your ass off and it's stressful and there's no way to understand it unless you're in the trenches with that person. So you you form some really tight bonds in short time. It's nice that that so. And I got to do that a lot on the last one. So, yeah. And I mentioned uh, your your family when you started to get into it. Do they watch your Do they watch your movies and your shows? Do they watch your work? Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, my daughter absolutely loved Smile, which was great. She wanted to go back and see it several times. My son had to leave uh, about twenty minutes in, which I also took with a, a touch of pride um, <laughs> because because he was he was like I can't I can't do this I can't watch this I can't watch this I can I go and I was like okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a scary movie like uh not to be a tough guy but i've watched it my whole life so it's not necessarily that i get scared but it is uh, yeah. it's got a lot of cool jokes. you can still recognize and, it oh yeah of course yeah but yeah it was awesome I, I love the movie and uh so uh i don't know if you're involved in this but how do you make a smile creepy even just the smile <laughs> creepy and smile i mean we talked about that because they were when in the script they were written a lot more ghoulishly um a lot of the the, the visions were on paper scarier. And then as we got closer and closer, I was like, no, I think we can do this with, at first it was going to be just performance and a little CG augmentation. Um, and then we got there and even that wasn't needed. So it was just these people giving their really creepiest smile. And so many of it worked. Um, the, the, the first, the first woman, the one who cuts herself, like that was all her, like she was covered in a, in a character makeup as well. Uh, so really, it was just the mom who had any kind of cool makeup, like when she would pop in from the shadows in that uh, amazing Exorcist Captain Howdy way there. We did some scary makeup on her, but uh, she was the only one. Everyone else was just their natural, creepiest smile, which if you hold it without blinking, like there's something unsettling to it. Definitely. Uh, the, for the CG, you said, um, like, uh, how does that work? So you guys are doing physical makeup. Like, is it a separate CG team? And do you guys like work yeah. uh, together? Yeah, there's a separate VFX team and it's all, you know, hopefully always done in tandem. So, you know what everyone's going to do and what's expected from each department. So, for example, for that throat slash, you know, um, it was like, okay, well, we're going to have this tube dangling. We can either try and hide it or we can just have you rub out the tube. And in this case, rub out the giant slash because they wanted a particularly large wound on her neck. So, usually when you do a slit throat, you, the old school trick is you have them down you cut and you have them lift their neck and that reveals the existing wound. This one, they wanted much too large to do that. So we do what's called a, uh, a heal and reveal or a paint reveal where she comes on with the appliance on that already has the giant wound in it and they paint it out until she's crossing it. And then the cut is revealed. The, the VFX reveals the practical cut. It's a really, really nice hybrid. And we do a lot of things that way. You know, it's the, the best toolbox, the best tool in the toolbox for each job. And yeah. each gag is assessed on its own merit and what's the best way to go about this. Can it be just practical, practical? Can it be just VFX or is it going to be both? And the best ones are usually a little bit of both. Yeah. And you mentioned Jurassic park earlier. I mean, that's, I think that's why that stands up really well too. Cause it was uh, both yeah. and brilliant mix. And they really, really paid a lot of attention to detail. Cause I think they get, uh, you could feel like the weight in that, where I think a lot of CG, you can't, it feels like you can't really 100%, feel like yeah. the weight's not there. Yeah. Cartoon physics. Right. Right. And I remember just watching the, uh, like, uh, behind the scenes of it. And like, that was something like Spielberg himself and people like they really were focused on to, to try to make it, uh, just so it would feel right. I mean, it's wonderful to have seen the Renaissance in the last few years of how much practical, like audiences did finally get tired of rubber monsters, mm -hmm. um, you know, CG rubber monsters. I mean, monsters yeah, yeah. that look like they're made of rubber because they can do whatever they want. There's no physics attributed to them and there's no weight and there's no gravity and no one's really interacting with them. And audiences got a sense of that. And it, it's found a really, really happy medium for the time being, I think, um, you know, the, from the Marvel movies where half the cast is covered in prosthetics and then you have a Hulk standing next to them. Fine um back to horror where so many directors it's like no no i want something real on set i want blood actually splattering on the actors yeah 
Do you think that's uh, fr- uh, or is it a combination of the audience and also um, some directors today or people who grew up with that? And so that's what they want. I think that's a lot of it. Yeah, I, I think there is absolutely a nostalgic element to it, to, to have it more like, especially knowing what they can do now to say, like, OK, well, I loved it 30 years ago with the advances that are now possible. Like, I mean, there, there are some of the there are things that I've seen that I was 100 percent convinced had to be CG. And it's like, no. And then I see them like go online and all of a sudden someone's posting photos on Facebook and it's, it's brilliant. And I'm like, okay, that was real. Amazing. Yeah. Well, like uh, one of the monster guys we had on Javier Botet, he said like people actually think he's CG a lot of stuff and it's just because it's, it's him. So good. And, yeah. uh, that's, you know, it's kind of wild. Um, I don't want to say the movie because I like the people who made it, stuff, but there's a recent movie <laughs> I saw and it had the worst uh, blood effects I've ever seen. And I think that's one of the things that's just does not look right. Uh, it's very hard to pull off like CG, CG blood, blood is tough. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I understand the, the need for it because resets on blood are very time consuming. And why not just say, okay, we can get that later. We're one and done on this take now. But yeah, it, it's, we have, we have a great method for evil where we do a clean take until the director is happy so that, if there's something there that they absolutely loved, they've got that locked and it's in camera and they can do CG blood. And then we go to the practical blood elements and we shoot it properly. And more often than not, those wind up in the show. Um, the only reason it really doesn't is, you know, performative. If the, if the actor gave a better take in, in a clean one, then, then they'll hybrid it, and, you know, add in the blood and then cut to, cut to the real blood back and forth. But uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to go. You should always get that real take. Yeah. Have you ever been uh, your own monster in any of the movies or TV shows? <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I almost played one on Evil, um, but I was about a foot and a half too short. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the few. Is that would that be something you'd like to do? I'm a little claustrophobic, so it would all be right. a challenge. But that yeah, would it, I would be the same. Also for that seems part. like fun. Yeah. Have you ever even done that though? Had like the the I forget the name of it, but when the live cast. Like, yeah. I have had two. That's that's one of the places I learned I was claustrophobic. <laughs> um, I was doing it for to put myself as a severed head cameo in a great indie <laughs> film I did a long time ago called Blood Night. And as the then still alginate was dripping down my head, I was like, oh, something's very wrong. I can't do this. But I discovered that by talking, I felt OK and mm-hmm. being able to control the situation a little bit. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this with my mouth open and I'm going to distort the cast a little bit by talking, but I'm going to try ventriloquist style and to keep my mouth moving as little yeah. as possible and get through it. Um, wound up having to do a decent amount of re-sculpting, but I, I got through that one. I would assume though that experience would help you with, um, with actors after that. Cause then you've oh, yeah. also experienced it. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I learned that back when I was in school that was the first time I was live casted and uh, I had a stuffy nose. So I was already having kind of a hard time breathing. And the, uh, the two people that were casting me just straight up walked away from me. So sat there trying to remain calm, like, okay, of course they're going to come back. They're not just going to leave you like this. Um, so yeah, it gave me a really good uh, bedside manner from go with my actors on how to uh, help them through a live cast, knowing that most of them, or many of them have never done it. And it's, you know, it's unlike most things. There's very little you can relate it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people follow you to see what you're up to? Not back to your house where, where you are. But. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I prefer they didn't follow me, but they've <laughs> got to. Um, uh, Instagram is the best place. My website's been pretty defunct for the last decade. Um, it has yeah, a very Instagram, cool comic book cover, though, I will say. That I, 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 every now and then, every couple of months, I'm like, ah, I got to update. I got to update. I love the template too much i constantly renew it because one day i will do it again but the world kind of veered away like once you could once social media became more the norm and you, yeah you know my instagram i keep as pretty much 99 percent work related um it's much more rapid like here's what i've got here's what i can i can as soon as something's cleared i can get it up i don't have to go through my, my webmaster you know there's no programming involved it's post go that's what i'm up to and it's this ever-present online portfolio. So that is the best place. It's uh, Jay Selling Friend on Instagram. Yeah, it's been weird. I remember when, when I started the show 2000, well, the first one was 2005. Uh, it was, you know, we had our own um, 
message board and you know mm-hmm. no well, one still goes to things board. like that anymore i think it's probably still there but i don't know even how to access it or anything my my industry we had one called the monster lab which then became the effects lab and i mean we all knew each other on there even if we didn't know each other in the real world because that's just that's where you went to exchange ideas and post photos and ask questions and it was such an amazing community uh, yeah, uh, just real quick is uh, so I did a wrestling podcast first, mm-hmm. two thousand five, and all of us you know, uh, knew each other from the from a wrestling message board. That's how we all That's met. Awesome. Yeah, and it was a uh, it was pre uh, pre um, podcast people. Yeah. There wasn't even a term yet, but now everyone has a podcast. Nah, yeah, yeah. I don't. If it makes you feel better, I <laughs> know oh, it's fine. It's fine. I wasn't uh, complaining or anything. <laughs> I just remember when I used to ask people back in in two thousand five, two thousand six. There would be a common like like, oh, I don't do internet. Uh, I only do terrestrial radio. Yeah, and that yeah, that's yeah, really flipped that, yeah. because it's like it was the step, the dirty step cousin. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, like are they gonna do like a local radio out of Poughkeepsie or something? You know, or. I guess unless you were like had like an event in that area, there's no real mm-hmm. reason to do that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this has been very fun to talk with you. Oh, we should give yeah. out a shout out to Craig Lindbergh. Oh, Craig is the best. Little Craig, he's amazing. Yeah, I, he he pushed me into doing this. I I kind of missed my moment. I was like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I got two big horror projects out at once, and I didn't capitalize on it at all because you know I'm an artist. I'm stupid. Um, and Craig was like. You get in touch with Neil. I was like, "That's a really good idea, Craig." You're, you're, a- yeah. I'm so glad. I'm glad he mentioned it, and I'm glad he came on. Uh, and I really love Smile. And I, my mom's favorite. Uh, I'm not just saying this here. Her favorite season of American Horror Story was uh, was the New York City one. Oh, no fool, and that's that's yeah. that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm, so I'm I don't know if this is about her or me, but that's. I mean, uh, <laughs> it means you you might have to have a conversation. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm glad. I'm, it, it was one of the most. I amazing unique experiences i've had i'm really glad even if they never come back to new york i'm glad i could uh, jump into that world for for a few months yeah that's very cool all right so uh i was happy to have you back on and we'll do it again sometime. thank you so much yeah this was a blast yeah it's great and uh, i'm gonna i have a credits here with our um music of the month uh dylan mars greenberg he's gonna play us out so you can nice. stay for the music if you want or you Absolutely. can i know you have to take off so but uh, for everyone else, uh, they can listen to the tunes. Awesome. Uh, Thanks, Neil. Thank you. You wear your eyes so you can see. You took the caution in the wind. You laughed and broke it on your knee.
All right. Well, thank you, uh, Dylan Mars Greenberg. And I'll be back next week with the 35th anniversary reunion of I Was a Teenage Zombie, which from what I understand, a lot of the cast and crew have not seen each other in decades. So that'll be very fun. All right. And thank you, Jeremy. Bye.